0: Welcome to Episode 6 of Punta Vista Socialist Club. Uh, I'm here with Ben McClay. Hello. uh, Lucy Valentine. G'day. And our special guest, uh, Andrew. Another Andrew, uh, because I am also Andrew.
1: Hello. Hi, Andrew. Hello. Hello, Andrew. And everyone else. Oh, thank you. Thank you for adding us as a footnote. (laughs) Thank you. I'm I'm an equal opportunity podcast guest, but Andrews do take my (laughs) preference.
0: Uh, so, so we, um, we're going to do a bit of a talk today about, uh, a little shitty movie you may have heard about called the red pill, a slight, slight MRA documentary. We became interested in a screening of this movie that was taking place. Uh, we're not very interested in the film itself because by all accounts, it is very boring. Mm. Um, but we became interested when a certain, um, a certain wannabe controversial conservative commentator, Daisy Cousins announced online that she would be hosting a screening of The Red Pill at a cinema in Sydney. And uh, we put out a call, because none of us live in Sydney, uh, we put out a call to see if any of our listeners might be interested in uh, maybe attending this on our behalf and seeing uh, seeing how it all turned out, seeing what the smell was like, seeing what the vibe was all, all about. And uh, Andrew very, very bravely put up his hand and attended this for us.
2: What a brave man.
1: Look, if you can just all endorse me on LinkedIn for bravery, <laughs>
0: that be great. That's right. We will, um, we'll endorse you for bravery and respect of women. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Correct.
0: Yes. Both for, both for helping us um, get an eye on the whole red pill thing and for respecting Daisy enough to listen to her inane commentary. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we should probably start off for anybody who doesn't know with a bit of a background into the film itself. Um, the Red Pill is a documentary uh, made by filmmaker Cassie J, who I've only just learned from looking at her IMDb entry that um, she was an actress and she's had some some amazing credits like um, Mourner in the background of a funeral scene in The O.C., classic The O.C.
2: Classic.
0: Uh, yep. Had two, two different roles in the TV series Entourage, critically acclaimed TV series Entourage, <laughs> Um one as nineteen forties actress and the other as fan. Both uncredited.
1: If you've seen them film um The Red Pill, um you kind of get a best of like a little highlight reel at the start of some of those roles.
3: Would nice. you would you rate her acting? Does she have chops?
1: I think I don't know, she kind of she she uses an example for like, oh, I was typecasting all these roles and you don't really get to see her, her acting her chops on show as as you would. Um. Yeah, it's more. It's more than non-verbal, kind of. Um, her, Just
0: standing in the background of a shot.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sh- showing how she she didn't get the big roles that she wanted. So obviously she's trying to downplay the um the roles where possible.
0: I was um I was typecast as person who was only good enough to play an extra
1: <laughs> in, in any given film. <laughs> Decided to to bow out gracefully. That's right. Let's do the right thing.
0: Um, she's, she's directed some other documentaries and I would say that by looking at the sort of, um, the, the topics that they are about, I would say that, you know, it kind of, it, it does play into her or it, it aligns with her narrative that, you know, she is, she is a feminist who then started looking into this other thing and went, wait a minute, maybe some guys are shitty and some guys are fine, (laughs) (laughs) So like, there's a lot of them. Um, but the other the other films that she has, uh, uh, the Right to Love, an American Family, um, which is about the, the LGBT community fighting for their slice of the American dream, uh, and another one, on one of my favorite subjects, uh, called Daddy I Do, from 2010, um, oh, which is about which is about those crazy chastity promises that like oh. American American teens make to their dads. You ever seen those?
2: Yeah, I'm guessing she supports those now that she's been red-pilled, obviously.
0: <laughs> she's probably really turned around on that one, yeah. Mm. I don't know. If, like, I would encourage anyone to look up this wild series of um photos that look like... They all look like they're somebody's wedding photos or prom photos. They're all like a... Uh, you know, a woman in a white flowing dress standing in a field and there's a man behind her with his arms around her waist and they both have their eyes closed and they're blissfully looking off into the sun. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's like, yeah, you'd think these are wedding photos, but they're actually all uh, father and daughter and the daughter is pledging her chastity to her dad. Is that
2: the and one that came out recently as, like, yeah, a sex yeah. offender?
1: <laughs> wow. Yep. Not, not one only a sex of offender, those. Yeah. But yeah. child child abuse
2: child sex offender yeah, yeah. shocking mm. who who would have thought that viewing your daughter as a sex object would be ultimately a bad thing
0: yes, who would have thought that um yes being absolutely obsessed with the idea of a child's sexual agency
2: mm, might have bad consequences
0: yeah, it could maybe be covering up some other kind of unpleasant things
4: mm.
0: so yeah you know she, she' made a couple of other films, but this is this is the one that's generated the big controversy for her because. It is about men's rights and you know, I suppose an anti feminist movement. Would you like to would you like to give us a summary of the movie, Andrew? Um
1: It's 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 like kind of the Morgan Spurlock kind of personal journey into the subject um kind of documentaries. Um mm-hmm. where it's less about the actual subject matter and more about the auteur of the documentary um diving into the into the subject and, and their own personal realisation, uh, if you will. Well,
0: all, all of the very, very finest documentaries involve completely making it about yourself, the <laughs> filmmaker. Yeah. As we all know.
1: Yeah, I can't think of any, any good ones that don't involve the, uh, the filmmaker. Yeah, so we go through her journey trying to interview and get a grasp of what men's rights activism and, and, and this kind of thing is from these prominent men's rights figures in the u.s and then she starts to feel like she's like believing them and understanding them and then so she goes and sees some feminist thought leaders and is like oh but these um men's rights activists said this about feminism and all the feminist like professors and like thought leaders and well-respected people are like oh no i, I that's not true because of this that's not true because of that and she's like but but what if it is? I don't know is? what to believe. Yeah, yeah. She's like, after all this, I was feeling so confused, and then she goes back to like the offices of these guys, and then yeah, it gets kind of red pilled as 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 you as the saying goes, to use the proverbial, uh, and mm-hmm. she gets red pilled into realizing that yeah, she she's actually that's that's in her heart of hearts that she she feels like men's men's rights is um. A, a bigger and better cause. And, and that's what it is really because it's not about, you know, rights for... It's not about the rights. It's about what's better, men's rights or, or women's rights because that's what it is. Because at, you at the you do
0: have to choose. You mm. have that's to choose. That's <laughs> what yeah. all human rights activism is about, defining who is most deserving yeah. and then that's choosing the right them to the yeah. exclusion of everybody else. You get mm, to choose
3: mm. one race and one gender combination that you support. Yep. I've yeah. chosen Filipino men. <laughs> Very specific. Um, yeah, well, that's you know, you you have to choose one, and they're Filipino men's rights are the only ones that I support.
4: Nice.
0: There's a lot of pressure on when they give you that form. Oh, it's so <laughs> tough to, to choose. So make a choice. They turn over the hourglass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, time starts ticking away. Yeah, like that's that's my favourite thing about all of the sort of anti-feminist stuff is people who are who seem to be only, like, cognitively able to interpret it in one way, which is saying that that women should have rights is clearly stating that they should have rights to the exclusion exclusion of other people They
3: they literally can't get
0: past the fact that
3: femme is in the word. Mm. They're just like, you know, we're about gender equality. Well, but femme, says says feminism, so it must be just for women.
2: Really smart people. Oh, geniuses. Very intellectual.
1: It kind of implies as well that like the cause of the problems are like feminism and feminists. Like it implies that like, oh, men's, especially the film kind of makes it feel like this towards the end as well. It's like, oh, men wouldn't have it as bad if women hadn't spent so long talking about their rights. Like these these things wouldn't be a problem uh, if women had just shut up.
0: Women's rights wouldn't be a problem if men didn't have to think about
1: them. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs)
2: Women should just stop nagging about having so many rights. I'm sick of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly the point of the of the whole film.
2: The whole movie. Wow. Oh, and it's, like that's it. the thing.
1: It's long. What happens is, so yeah, it's like interview with whoever, and then you cut back to like Cassie, like in the car, and there's like a montage of like American scenery, or it's like her in her hotel room, or her back at home, and then she gives her like direct feedback to every interview, and it's always exactly the same. It's always like. And I started to think
2: oh, God.
1: maybe if men maybe men don't have as good as I thought they did. And it's the same. And like it reaches a point where she kind of realizes this about maybe an hour in. And then for the next hour of the film, every time you cut back to her, she's just like saying the same exact thing. And yeah, it's it's really draining and like there's a point we'll probably get this to this a bit later. I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but there's a point <laughs> Please very, please feel free. There's a point in the film when like um, the audience all laughed at something, and I it kind of like woke me up. I was like, "What? Like, what? Were we, what are we laughing at? Like, what's what's going on here? Is something is something actually interesting happened? Because I it was like yeah, like a hundred minutes in, and everything's just blurring into one, and and yet everyone is still like glued to the edge of their seats, like what's going to happen next? It's like,
2: oh my god!
4: Yeah,
0: well that was um that was what struck me when when you described it to me um earlier in the week as. Just a movie with one thing to say, and it just keeps beating you over the head with it over and over. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I, I thought to myself, ah, oh, yes. The curse of the feature-length movie that could have just been a short.
4: Mm. Mm.
0: Like, when you, when you really get that feeling that people are trying to just stretch it out.
2: Could have just been a Reddit forum, let's be honest. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much just the same things repeated. I watched the preview, like the trailer, and it's just like, well, actually, men get accused of rape a lot. Mm. I was like, oh, okay. Cool.
0: <laughs> mm. <laughs> like and it, you know, I I almost feel like it's worth saying up the top of this that again, I think that people who people who are invested in um men's rights activism sort of stuff would assume that people like us laughing off a movie like this automatically must like not care about any kind of issue that affects mm. men or any kind of issue around, like, suicide or depression or, or like, family violence or any of that sort of stuff. And, uh, again, it doesn't have to be the case. You don't... You, you're not limited to picking one thing to care about and then you have to just not care about no. the other thing.
2: And, I mean, if we're going to do the serious talk about it, you know, all the things that they say are problems for men are things that ultimately feminism is working towards fixing and they're just having mm. screenings and talking about being triggered.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and like you were saying, Andrew, the the overarching message being, please just stop asking for equal rights and we can get back <laughs> to what it was like when, when everything was fine for us.
2: The good old days.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, you know, we can absolutely acknowledge that if you have had a society for the longest time that is centered around, you know, patriarchal structures and everything, that as things continue to change, that there will be parts of that structure that that need to be replaced with something else. I don't know if you even take out parts of, that used to exist in older societies about like kind of rites of passage for, for young men and all that sort of stuff and we don't have that stuff now and that's what leads to, you know, dudes sitting in their basement jacking off the weird 4chan anime all day <laughs> and saying, why isn't there a traditional wife for me? um <laughs> you know so i i i absolutely think that people should be supported in the areas where they need it but i don't think that that support needs to come in the form of saying you are completely right and you should have everything the way you want in this fantasy vision of how things
1: used to be in the past
2: <laughs> and that's ultimately what they want
1: that you were never actually alive hmm. for but it's 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 also it's kind of like yeah like like you're saying Lucy it's like it's what they feel like they want but also if you think about it, it's not like if they complain about, you know, like inequality, like because more men are minors and like more workplace deaths. Yeah. Are and it's like, if you go back to the good old days, it's like, look at how workplace mortality has decreased an mm. infinite amount between now and whenever you want to go back to. Like, yeah. it, 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 it's the main thing that, that that strikes me about the the weird audience this film has got is that like, for some reason, it's like a free speech Conservative, like, um, magnet, but at the end of the day, the ideas of, like, oh, everyone being equally represented in the workforce, um, everyone you know, having a good so, like, people not wanting to m- commit suicide, like, these are not things that are compatible with, like,
0: certain parts want, of their yeah. actual
1: ideology. Like, it's weird that this it has attracted this, like, side of kind of conservatism and free speech, like. Mm fighting
0: yeah my my assumption would be that for some of the people you see backing that sort of stuff like um you know your your daisy cousins and mark latham and and other similar pundits overseas is i i wouldn't be that shocked if they weren't actually that interested in the content of the piece all that they would see is that it has engendered a lot of um blowback from it's
2: triggered all the feminists.
0: People, mm-hmm. it's, tri- it's triggered a lot of feminazis. Mm. A lot of snowflakes have been triggered, and
2: what a leftards.
0: And like, yeah, and you know, I'm I, I don't even know how on board I am with the whole kind of let's complain to cinemas until they stop showing this thing. I mean, like. You know, look at how much trouble they had getting getting
2: the ticket sales. Seventy
0: people. Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know a... that was like the, that ticker was like the best thing about this screening because it was like for days <coughs> is it, is it would it gonna just happen? sit on like <laughs> I would sit on like no one has like even looked at this website <laughs> for days before suddenly like a, a day or two before the screening it, it suddenly um you know we pulled we pulled through fam we 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 did. <laughs>
0: We did it. So, so to provide a bit of context there for anybody who is not aware, that, so like I said at the at the start of the show, one of the things that sort of drew our attention to this was um, that Daisy Cousins started plugging this on her on her Twitter feed about how she was going to be hosting a screening of uh, the Red Pill at a cinema in Sydney, and it was being organised through like a a crowdfunding kind of thing called FanForce, and we we were keeping an eye on the on the crowdfunding page because it had this ticker of here's how many tickets have been sold, here's how many we need to sell, and here's how long is left. And it turned into a bit of a daily thing for me to just check in and go, oh, it's been it's been a week and they've sold two tickets.
1: It's like the 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 most entertaining part of the whole thing was like this this little ticker um, is this
0: actually going to get off the ground?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, so mysteriously in at the 11th hour right at the very end when it looked like they really weren't going to make it um suddenly all the tickets got bought up at once
2: yeah like Mm. 20 tickets in one day yeah yeah interesting and if you're
1: if you're hearing this and you're like damn I wish I was part of this red hot action watching this um this (laughs) countdown I've just jumped back onto Fanforce and there's actually a few more um going on (laughs) there's um wherever there's one in um in Alice Springs coming up um (sighs) There's one in, let me see here, Red Pill. There's one in Events and sure. Queen Street, wherever Events in Miss Queen Street is in your local capital city. Um, <laughs> the Hellenic Club in WA. There's heaps of these. So if you want to Hellenic go on. Hellenic Club. Um, Forest Hill. Like there's, there's heaps. It's, it looks like it's one of the three films that this website was kind of built for. <laughs> um, so if you want to get on there and get into this red hot like ticker, um, countdown action, there's heaps of time it looks like
3: yeah. It's interesting so, that, that, so that, that that Queen Street one I assume would be Brisbane uh, which is interesting
2: head, head on down, Ben
3: I just want to see the kind of people that turn up
0: like,
2: Yeah, that's the only thing I'd be interested in
0: yeah. well, well from the sounds of what Andrew told me, that was definitely the most interesting part of the screening was looking at the people who had turned up
1: I mean, it was just kind of lots of guys awkwardly milling around on their own in the kind of foyer there, um kind of looking around spuriously to kind of identify who else was there, like if they could see anyone <laughs> they could like go and talk to or like you know hang out with, but um yeah, lots of guys on their own and then um Daisy shows up and and is there, and her two female friends. Go up to her and she's like, "I've got to find out how to how this works." Um, she's like, "I'm ticking everyone's names off on the door so no one sneaks in." Um, <laughs> and so then, but she, someone did sneak in. Yeah, no, so Whoa. she's she's off to to go and to, to go and figure out how it works. And then the staff are like, oh, "Excuse me, sir, uh, you can't come in yet. Please go to the bar." Um, and so I head over to the bar and again, it's pretty empty. There's a guy there wearing like a newsboy hat. Um, he was he was fairly he was he was a little bit older and he was in conversation with like an older man and a woman and they were kind of like jovial and happy and like kind of broke the mold a little bit from what I'd seen in like the milling around crowd in that they were actually talking to other people and had come with friends um but then in the in the center itself, I sat there next to the queue and I watched everyone queue up and um yeah it was mainly there was either guys on their own a few guys who'd brought um a female partner with them, whether it be a wife or, you know, like whether it's a date, um, who knows.
0: Come on, get in here! It's, about, it's time you learn <laughs> why I shouldn't have to do my laundry. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so then going in, and then there's these two young girls, and this guy who was on his own in the queue was like, "Oh, what are you guys? Why are you guys here?" And they're like, "Oh, most most girls our age wouldn't want to see this. Like, wouldn't want to." Um, here from the men's point of view. So, where are you to do that? And this guy was like chuffed to the max. Um, I've <laughs> seen these like young, probably around eighteen, um, girls, yeah, coming to coming to see it. Go in, and it's, the crowd slowly f- files in, and it was quite full. The cinema was full, which was uh, very surprising. But obviously, it sold out. So, these were all paying ticket holders, and then there were quite a few, quite a few members of the um. I think they called the soft right faction, which is like the the full-on like the Tony Abbott supporters. Um right. there. So there was like I think this guy, oh, I forget his name, but he was one of the guys from when at Manning Bar when they screened the US election live. And there was all those guys wearing the MAGA hats that were like yelling at women and then like, uh, yes. and mm. then like um someone threw beer at them and then she got kicked out for like throwing beer at them. And all these guys were like celebrating it as a victory for uh, for them. And they were chanting stuff like grab her by the pussy. And yeah, not many people liked so it. So like classy guys. Yeah, yeah. So a few of those guys were there. And then, um, yeah, they were selling MAGA hats. It was, it was another thing. He was walking <laughs> around. He had this like blue plastic bag. Um, and he was just rustling around with it. And he was like, oh, do you think I should, do you think anyone would want them? Do you think I should, to um, some of his friends, like, do you think I should hand these out? And they're like, yeah, man, go for it. Everyone will love it. Um, and oh, my God. So people were like, it's like, oh, it's the new policy. They're, um, they're $10 now. Uh, it's a new policy. So I don't know who was selling them or who this $10 is going to. But, um, yeah, so that's what was going on. And then there was this guy there as well. I don't know what his actual name is, but he calls himself James. And he's kind of the talking head whenever um, a screening has has popped up for the red pill in Sydney. So he's been interviewed twice by mm-hmm. um, the the best the best radio program in the world, Triple J Hack. Um, <laughs> he's been interviewed twice by them, and was complaining about how they just wanted to have a gotcha moment from him, but he was so good in ex- answering their questions that they couldn't possibly get a gotcha moment.
0: He was, he was so good at answering their questions that everyone at Triple J is a meninist now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was actually... Yeah, he was so convincing in answering their questions that they're, they're actually shutting down Hack and the left-wing bias of the ABC is now fixed. And oh, right. nice. Yeah, yeah. Well,
3: well done. I mean, that's no easy task, so uh, no.
1: good on him. Um, but yeah, that was, that was kind of the most interesting bit then because, yeah, Daisy got up and did a speech and then straight into the movie.
0: Now, um now you were surreptitious enough to actually record this audio for us, and um
1: yeah, well, I, was, I might play it this now. unnamed unnamed source in the theater Unnamed source <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> So I might just play it because um, I was kind of struck by a few things about it, so i'll I'll play it now, and then we can we can break it down.
4: Welcome, welcome to my screening of Cassie J's wonderful documentary, The Red Pill. We love you, Daisy. love you, I love you. Thank you very, very much all of you for coming tonight. I mean, we all know that the controversy that has shrouded this film, which is bizarre, I don't know if any, any of you, I'm sure some of you have seen it, but it's probably the least controversial <coughs> film ever made. It's just, uh, the subject matter is such that it um, contradicts a very strong feminist narrative, shall we say, and people who protect that narrative will protect it at all costs. You'll probably notice that the screening was moved from George Street to Hoyts. That was not a logistical decision, that was because George Street piped. Because they received so many complaints from people who did not want that film to be screened that they pulled out. (laughs) Shame. Fortunately, the wonderful people at points picked it up, and this is, yes, exactly. absolutely, absolutely, very, very woke, as apparently we're saying nowadays, but uh, they picked it up and this is actually, this is a better location anyway, so just uh, thank you to everyone who supported me through this process, um, thank you to Fanforce, thank you to the wonderful Bettina Hart who, who gave me the idea to prevent my screening. Thank you
0: to my best friend Laura for putting up with me and
2: my parents and my boyfriend Callum also for putting up with me. And without further ado, let's let's go. Let's watch. Great.
0: Yeah. Terrible stuff. Uh, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Right off the bat, my first... The first thing that I take away from that is that the entire thing is apparently about Daisy. Yes.
2: Oh, every every man in the audience has just got a solid boner for that whole speech. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, it opens with, um, welcome to my screening mm. of the red pill. Um, well, it's not like-
3: I mean, it was fair. Uh, it's fair for her to own it because obviously her, her commentary that she added at the start there about the themes of the movie added a lot. A lot, mm. yeah. You know, Very she gave it. intelligent. Any-
1: also I think it was because she was like the sole organizer. Like I, I felt I felt like this was a bigger deal, but it, I feel like because she was the one who was sitting at the door with like the app, like the fanforce app, like ticking everyone's name. No off. Shit. Oh shit. Um so I feel like she was like she she did it all on her own. Um so props to her. I respect her
2: good
1: that. on you. friend uh, of the show, uh, Daisy I Cousins. Women. Um <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I feel like that is why it's my screening is because that's it. It was, it was a test. It was Daisy's test of how thirsty her audience is. And guess what? They're pretty She thirsty. can sell out of theater. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, that's, that's interesting because I noticed the complete and utter absence of any mention whatsoever of the group that she was apparently raising money for by doing this. Mm, interesting. Um, mm. Dad's in distress. And I did a little bit of little bit of investigating there and I I have not been able to find any mention whatsoever of uh linking Dad's in distress to this film screening other than the fan force page which says Hey, we're raising funds for Dads in Distress. Some of the proceeds will go to them.
2: Some of uh, interesting phrasing.
0: Yeah. Yes, it makes me think of The Simpsons. Zero is a percent? Um <laughs> So yeah, there's there is no mention of this screening on Dads in Distress's website or their Facebook page or their Twitter account. Um I sent them an email to ask about it and the email has just bounced back several times over a few mm. days because that's not a real email address. <laughs> um look, I'm sure I'm sure they're a real thing, but um but it really makes me wonder um how how much knowledge they had of this event
3: yeah, I, taking I, I place? Get the impression apparently,
0: that it wasn't really a
3: reciprocal kind of thing. Like uh, I would just assume that the this wasn't like an official dads in distress event. Just that no. they'd be like, "Ah, oh, we'll, we'll bloody donate fifty bucks or whatever from whatever screening money we've got." Less so than it was like a you know done in concert with them.
4: Mm.
0: Well, I imagine that um that's it wouldn't come across as quite so altruistic if it was just I'm organizing a screening of this movie so that I can cause a little controversy and everyone can come out and look at me and thank me for doing it, Yeah, which is certainly how it comes across in that speech, mm, uh, yes. half of which is devoted to thanking her her best friend, her boyfriend, her parents, etc., for, for really standing by her through the process of, of registering an event on screen. a website <laughs> and then going to a cinema.
1: Yeah,
0: and collecting tickets.
1: Yeah, and also the the um the fact that they had to move it because people complained. That that struck me as well as a little bit of a like um bullshit. Did this, maybe did this actually happen? Yeah, mm. because a little
0: bit of embellishment.
1: Yeah, so I, I, I this I'm the same. I've, I've I've emailed um event cinemas, the original host, but have not received anything yet. Um. Mm-hmm but obviously cuz it's the the weekend but <laughs> um
4: oh,
1: yeah. yeah but yeah so um yeah i i highly doubt that um there were so many complaints that they decided to shelve it especially because as as we were going through before i've just discovered on this fan force page that other screenings have been booked at other event cinemas as well so it's know. not like they're like oh we get so many complaints about this film we'll never have it so
0: You'd think they might have contacted the other ones and said, Yeah. Hey, let's this thing's more trouble than it's worth. Yeah. So yeah, it um it all it all kind of falls into a particular narrative to me, which is um that's that Daisy has just kind of seen this thing as a, a controversy to hitch her wagon to. Um yeah. that, you know, if 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 an event gets cancelled, then you know that can that can be a news story That's big victory. an event that was being organised by Daisy Cousins got cancelled because all the feminists were so mad.
1: It's hysterical.
0: They were so mad at this thing happening.
1: Well, yeah, that's what kind of struck me as, as kind of the the outcome of this screening um, was that this this film, like like she says in the, in that intro just then, that's one of the least controversial films uh, ever made. Uh, it's also one of the least interesting ever made but um it's it this screening was one of the least controversial screenings ever held and that those two kind of combined is like removes a lot of the power that i think that um they feel the the film has and that she would feel the film has is because you know the the film isn't controversial and it's not the new punk rock unless you have the protesters unless you have the you know, the yeah. the hearts, they're protesting you and you can prove how morally superior you are because you made this happen and your capitalist forces of crowdfunding um, made this one screening happen. Um, mm-hmm. And that doesn't work if there's no opposition there. And I mean, obviously, I was there, but in the sense <laughs> that I'm not, I wasn't opposing it. I'm not proving their point by, you know, I didn't get out and take a shit in the middle of the cinema while they yep. were as appealing as appealing as it was Yeah, that is it's interesting because we
0: we did ask you to do that
1: yeah so, I <laughs> yes. mean I'm
3: not sure yeah, decided yeah.
1: not to let down the
0: team a little but, but uh, all right <laughs> yeah like uh, you bought a ticket like, yeah
1: I, I I bought a ticket I didn't sneak in um Daisy now has my full contact details um so feel free to call <laughs> me Daisy uh, I look forward to your to your call and your emails um but yeah like it feels like it it doesn't work if no one's protesting it doesn't work if there's no news story about this it, you know it doesn't work and that's
0: yeah if the whole narrative is oh we're we're ruffling everybody's feathers so hard that you know they're all freaking out and they're begging the cinema not to show it and everything like you said if nobody turns out and says you know please stop this then no one really
1: gives a fuck mm-hmm. yeah like, exactly
0: no i i completely agree it seems it seems like the actual Event itself was extremely anticlimactic, non-eventful, and centered around a a very dull film with one point to make.
1: <laughs> and even at the end, it wasn't like people stayed around and like got drinks with each other. Like I'm sure the people who were who were friends and like in the same faction or whatever and had come together maybe went and you know got dinner or whatever. But the the general audience just filed out at the end like it was a normal film, and it was just like the most normal screening ever.
0: Mm. <laughs> did uh did Daisy have a chat to anybody before or afterwards?
1: Um, no, she she disappeared before to um to go and sort out the booking, and then she was on the desk as the um the the door person, uh, and then she s- sat at the front row with her friends, and then I'm pretty sure she left either fairly soon or afterwards because I couldn't spot her, but that that may be wrong. So it was very limited. Um interaction and basically Daisy's cousins presents uh, when, when they when she puts on her next screening to continue this series uh I would I would give it a uh, do not do not attend uh needs oh. improvement grading <laughs> <laughs> all right
0: well uh look I'm going to I'm going to move us along to the mailbag here because uh our mailbag questions this week that we have received through the old cyber mail um they do relate they relate to the film, to the screening. Um, so the first question is one that we can only ask you, the, the man who attended. Uh, Samuel Nordhuis, friend of the show, Sam, he asks, did the cinema smell strongly of body odour?
1: <laughs> Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I don't think it did, surprisingly. Um, oh. Yeah, I can't remember. They
2: impressed Daisy.
1: Oh true, yeah, of course. Everyone would have had a a shower and um
2: And some links links Africa.
1: Fresh fresh spray of Lynx. Um yeah, there was no I I would I would say to answer your your question, no. No particular smell. Mm.
0: Disappointing.
1: Disappointingly enough, yes.
0: The family court dads treated like it was a court appearance day.
1: Um, Many a comb was run through a freshly washed hair. Um. <laughs> a
0: few baseball caps were turned front ways. Uh, so, friend of the show, Chris Guy, uh, writes in to ask, which is a worse appropriation of The Matrix: uh, Christians using it to be about the choice between God and Hell, or the whole MRA thing?
2: I didn't know Christians used it. That's interesting. Yeah, neither.
0: But I'm sure that there are actually a lot of um. There are a lot of different narratives that people impose on that film particularly. Uh, oh, man.
3: When I was yeah. like a, a little teen Christian, uh, my... Whoa, 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 whoa. 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 Last year when I was a teen Christian. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, when I was like 12 or 13, oh, I want to find out what the title of it is, but my mum got me a book that was something like Finding God in the Matrix or something. Oh, my God. Uh, wow. Which was about attempting to deconstruct all of the religious imagery in The Matrix, which obviously there's a lot of, but not done for religious purposes. Whereas this book tried to like ham-fistedly like, mm. derive lessons from it, you know, spiritual lessons for me as a Matrix-loving teen to uh, mm. embrace in my life. So this
0: is how the Wachowskis were trying to tell you that you should
1: donate 10% of your income to the church.
3: Yes, and it worked. I still do it to this day.
1: I, I, I don't know. I think of the MRA Red Pillism is um, a lot. I I think they probably feel a lot deeper connection to it because they probably have thought about it a lot more. Whereas um, the mm. the Christian association is probably like, how do we appeal to the youth, the young people, the mm. youth? Yeah. Yes. Um, Much
0: more youth youth pastor kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Whereas the Red Pill, and I mean that's the thing in the film. She she at the very end, uh, it's like. Oh, by the way, if you walk out of the screening and someone's like, "Oh, but there's this Reddit forum called the Red Pill that's terrible," or there's these like other men's groups that are terrible, there's a kind of like definition segment at the end where it's like, "Men's rights activists are activists that fight for equal opportunity for all men," and they've taken the Red Pill, but then there's this subreddit called the Red Pill that is like trying to fight against the system, and there's this there's some weird analogy like terrible uh, at the end of the film and she's like the best way someone explained it to me was um men's rights activists see the world as it is uh the red pill on reddit fights against the world as it is or something like that like uh-huh. um you can you can probably look at look it up uh, she probably says it much much nicer and more palatable than I than I can
0: well um it sounds like maybe that's a little bit of um fence sitting uh it sounds like maybe she's trying to say Hey uh MRAs MRAs have told me that they are all good and nice and only doing this for the right reason. Uh if you happen to see anybody saying any <laughs> horribly misogynistic stuff under the banner of the red pill yeah. those, no that's not us. That's different people. Yeah. That's
1: different. Even people. even though <laughs> film count. is called the red pill the red we pill. have nothing to do with the red pill on the internet. Not don't yes. worry.
0: Yeah, it's not like, say, that's where it came from
1: <laughs> or anything like that. Oh, no. No, they're mm. completely different worlds.
0: I have a slight affection
3: for the term the red pill just because the way people use it on the internet. Anything that follows up after, I was red-pilled when, it's always fucking amazing. It's, it's like, I was red-pilled when my nagging oh, bitch girlfriend told me to clean out my under my foreskin. Or, yes, like, yes. some shit like that. There was a guy that was on that uh, Hack Live thing about... <laughs> uh, I've never been that angry in my that. life. It's fucking, yeah, I was going to say, worse. did you guys was watch back? About,
4: about where the male
3: privilege existed. And one of the dudes was on there, oh, it's said serious. that he became an MRA because when he was 15, uh, some female friends of his joked about kicking someone in the balls. And he was, like, asked some of his friends, like, hey, you ever been kicked in the balls? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, that's it. I'm a men's rights activist now because mm, my mate that,
1: right. Doug got kicked in the balls.
2: That's it. Women have all the advantages in society.
1: Isn't that something about um, Paul Elam as well? Like, he's the head of the um, <laughs> oh, men's, the, men's <laughs> rights thing. This It's it's an extremely good quote. His yeah, uh, mum, <laughs> yes. uh,
3: we can find the quote, but I'm pretty sure it's because his <laughs> mum was forcing him to take his diarrhoea medication.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm still that 13-year-old kid on the floor that won't take the medicine. Oh.
2: I literally, I don't quite understand where that follows becoming an MRA from the diarrhoea medicine. Did, does he explain
4: well,
0: that that a that a powerful woman was trying to force him to take his medicine? And that's um. and really isn't that what feminism is?
1: Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. Feminism is trying to stop men from rolling around in their own diarrhoea <laughs> on the floor.
0: Let me,
3: let me read this this quote, please, uh, for Elam. That revelation came at age 13 when his mother tried to force him to take his diarrhea medicine. Elam's brothers held him down on the kitchen floor while his mother screamed and hit him with a wooden spoon until a concerned neighbor knocked on the door. I felt like I was engaged in the battle of my life, (laughs) Elam said. I was a rebel from that moment on. I'm still that 13-year-old kid on the floor that won't take the medicine. Wow. Uh, Diarrhea medicine.
0: Rebel without a nappy.
1: Maybe take your diarrhea medicine. He still shits himself to this day in protest. (laughs)
0: That's right. Just to show his show his mother a thing or two. Yeah. But like even in that analogy, um, wouldn't that still make feminism correct? That you're meant to take <laughs> diarrhea medication? No, yeah, yeah, if 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 the analogy is just like this this person wants wants to help you and stop you being covered in your own diarrhea. What are we what are we talking about like, here when
3: we say diarrhea medicine? We're we talking like uh gastrostop or whatever it is, the ones that just stops you from
0: exploiting
2: yeah, yourself.
1: Take the brown pill,
0: dude. Take the brown, take
1: the brown pill. Brown
0: pill. <laughs> I'm I'm assuming that it is um anti-diarrhea. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. no,
4: <please.
0: laughs> it, it would really, it, it would, would really kind of flip his story yeah, on otherwise. its head if he was, yeah. Oh, I don't think that, that, that would be would... diarrhea medicine. That would be diarrhea poison. <laughs> yes, if he was just being constantly forced to take his medicine that gave him I diarrhea keep for him no being reason. Being an MRI. <laughs> yes, then I understand. If that's the case, then I've been red pills <laughs> <peeled> as well. <laughs> I too, yeah. I too, i don't don't want to be forced by my mother to have diarrhea constantly, so I've changed my mind
1: but um your point about red the red pill in being used in the most hilarious ways is like now on on reddit as well for the donald um when people they use it as an example of when they like came to be a believer in Donald Trump and it's exactly the same like hilarious like. I was red-pilled when my dad locked me out of the house saying, I can't afford my dialysis anymore, you bastard. I was red-pilled. It's like my stupid, stupid dad didn't my get it. My stupid
3: diabetic dad <laughs> and his amputated stupid foot.
0: Yeah, so do you think it's been more sort of expanded to to being like, a, I was red-pilled against political correctness kind of thing?
3: Well, they, they always
2: go hand in hand, don't they? Mm. I mean... MRAs and Trump supporters. They're always the same people.
1: Mm. And, dude, diarrhea on the floor is the ultimate act <laughs> against political correctness.
0: It is.
2: It's punk rock. It's the <laughs> new punk.
0: It is the ultimate non-violent protest. You're right. <laughs> that's, a, that's as physical as you can make it without resorting to violence.
4: Mm.
0: I believe that is what Gandhi advocated for. <laughs> yeah, I believe that's what Martin Luther King called a shit in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Oh, oh boy. All right.
2: (laughs) Should we we take a moment to talk about, like, what's seriously wrong with the MRA movement? Or is that sort of Um, self-evident?
0: Well,
3: I think it's self-evident. Is is there anything we can add to that conversation that's not, like, been discussed a million times? All the things they see Mm. as symptoms of, like, well, a lot of the problems that they're trying to fix are all... Symptoms of caused, the patriarchy. By patriarchy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All, their, all their stats about men being murdered more often, uh, you know, the workplace death ones, uh, more men dying in war, that sort of stuff are all and like... Men's,
2: men's suicide yeah, as well. Those are
3: all from patriarchal problems. The, the reason more men are killed in violent crime is because more men are involved in violent crime. You know, the reason mm. more men are in workplace accidents is we don't let women in the workforce. The reason more men die in wars is because you didn't fucking let women into the army. Like, it just don't and know they, what these people are complaining about. They, they want to address the same issues, but they just want to do it on man's terms.
2: And they don't want the solution. You know, they talk about the high suicide rate for men, which is horrible. But, you know, then feminism comes along and says, well, how about men should be more open about their feelings? And it's like, no, nah, fuck off. That's fucking gay. Like, I don't want to <laughs> be poor.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's the ultimate message there is that women just need to have much higher suicide rates until it's equal. That's, yeah, to match up. That Absolutely, is yes. the best way to fix it and that will solve everything. Should be trying to catch up.
3: Oh, there um, was like a tweet from, it was like New South Wales police or something a while back. There was some police Twitter account where it was like uh, of all of these road accidents that happened, blah, 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 70 or 80% of one of them but. Were uh, yeah. were from men. We need to bring equality, but like we need to. No, no, oh. the, the
0: way the way the way they worded it was they said, um, "Oh, in this number of like on road fatalities, um, like seventy or eighty percent or whatever of drivers are men. We need to bring that figure down." And it's like <laughs> by by making sure more women die on the road. What is the solution to this problem?
1: Yeah, we're going to open a lab where we just put yeah. women in cars <laughs> and just crush just the, the car. <laughs>
0: Till we get it equal. No, like it doesn't it doesn't even make sense as a thing. It's one of those things where it's like you have you have extremely poorly chosen your statistics. <laughs> yeah. Like your, your data to use to make a point, it does not align it at all with the point the you're point. trying to make. No. So to come back to your question, Ben, um about whether there is anything we can add to this. Um I, I think the answer is probably no, in the sense that all of this stuff is very, very widely covered.
1: Mm
2: and these people are just beyond reach, you know? They no matter how many facts you throw at them, they are just not interested. They don't want any solution to like the problems that men face. No.
0: Well, uh, I and I think it's very easy for people of all political stripes to just um yeah, to just find find information that supports the narrative that they're interested in. And mm. then you lock you lock yourself in that box and then you're all good. Um, what I think we can sort of offer comment on is is the the specific context in which this film was being screened, and that is around number one, uh, you know, raising money to go and support this sort of thing. Uh, and we are we are acutely aware that we have paid for a ticket for someone to go and see this, and that money is in all likelihood going to Daisy Cousins. <laughs> Oh. um going to you know whatever tennis lessons left over or, or polo it's,
3: events i don't know whatever people like that do
1: it's, no. in the, um, it's the australian open
2: her weird N- bondage <laughs>
1: type outfits yeah nadal fan club membership fees no oh,
0: yes God. so yeah uh, what we have already committed to is that uh, ben and ben and lucy and myself are going to donate the same amount as a ticket except uh three times as much um to a cause that supports uh you know women's shelters, that kind of thing.
1: Because... Some. You're gonna donate some.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna donate a portion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um
0: oh. Terrible. Um yeah, because because I think, you know, for a lot of left wing people, it is very easy to be an irony bro and make jokes about stuff and shit on things like this that are stupid. But I think people often find it a little difficult to know where to direct their their actual action, mm. and in our case, we would say to people out there: if you want to actually contribute to sort of countering this kind of narrative um, that people like Daisy are helping to push on the world in a in an attempt to further her own career as a controversial talking head, if you want to actually counteract, you know, the real world effect that this has on real women. Um, out there that hopefully you will consider donating to uh, the same cause that we are, which is the YWCA uh, in Victoria. So they do um, affordable housing for low-income women in Melbourne and around Geelong. They maintain a portfolio of properties so that they can offer housing to people on short notice. They do a lot of really good services for women, um, and they have very recently had funding withdrawn from the government um, because... You know again right-wing governments that are really interested in in people's welfare uh, tend to just turn off any form of funding to actually helping them mm. actually helping with any solutions to these problems mm. um, so you know your money is really needed there um, you can donate at YWCA.net forward/ donations um, you can also volunteer if you would rather give them your time which I think is is always really good and often far more useful than a donation. If you would like to kind of be directed as to how best to give your time or money, uh, you can talk to...
2: Don't ask us because we don't
0: know. That's right. That's right. Ask someone who does know.
2: Ask a smart person.
0: Ask? No, I've even got a person. I've got a specific person. (laughs) Oh. Uh, On Twitter, you can talk to um, at Joanna J. Nilsson on Twitter. Um, She is a volunteer and organizer for the YWCA. Fantastic.
2: And
0: I'm going to put links to all of this stuff. Uh, in the episode description um, and we'll put some stuff out there on on Twitter and SoundCloud and that sort of stuff.
2: I would also love to find, like I had a look for a sort of foundation that actually supports like men's issues in terms of like mental health and stuff and I could not find any that weren't rooted in some kind of masculinity, anti-feminist ideology, which is disappointing. I'm I'm
3: not hugely opposed to men's sheds type deals. You you know yeah. there is they yep. do sort of encourage that idea that like you know the only way men are going to relate to each other is in these working environments. But I mean for a lot of older blokes, that is absolutely the case. That's true. Like my yeah. my extremely heavily dimensioned grandfather, like the the only real contact he has with people is at the men's shed that he does does work at. And I quite like those. And there's there's oh, probably nice. I know there's a couple in Brisbane. There's a couple in everywhere pretty much. So I mean if you want to donate to a, a local one of those.
2: Or even like Beyond Blue, those sorts of things things that actually have tangible help for men with mental health problems.
3: Yeah. I would also say uh, if you do choose to donate anywhere, uh, please take a screenshot of your donation receipt and send it to Daisy. Just tweet at Daisy with your donation saying, hey, I did this in your name. Thanks so much. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I thought I would do something that might actually help out some of those people that you profess to care about when you screen mm, movies, rather like than
2: this. having a screening about false rape accusations yeah. and mm.
0: custody. I'm actually trying to make the world nicer. Yeah, i making it all about mm. you. Yep, and and there's one other thing that I wanted to touch on there, which is that, um, yeah, like like I said, this kind of this kind of isn't even about this movie. It's about people like Daisy Cousins trying to make a name for themselves and trying to make a career for themselves. And, you know, she just, she wants to be Australia's Milo or Australia's Paul Joseph Watson. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, not long till she starts vlogging. Um, that's- <laughs> if a, hashtag um, Daisy, please vlog. Um, <laughs> get on that. <laughs>
0: When uh, well, when's she gonna start YouTubing? When's she gonna start yeah. st- streaming? Well, that's
3: where the that's what's that fucking tweet from Paul Joseph Watson that like left us think they're winning on Twitter, but they have no, <laughs> no idea how much they're getting owned on YouTube.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: I hope that's oh. not true.
3: Uh, we are we're getting brutally owned by oh, name, oh, yeah. especially you, Lucy.
4: God damn it! <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, like. Uh... Yeah, she, she definitely wants to be Australia's Paul Joseph Watson, and you can tell because all she seems to be able to do on social media is just parrot one of Paul Joseph Watson's catchphrases about conservatism being the new punk.
4: Mm. Uh,
0: which, as you pointed out, Andrew, um, it's it's not super punk to just have a room full of people quietly line up for a showing of a movie no one gives a shit about and then all quietly leave afterwards while no one gives a shit about the entire thing taking place except for us, apparently.
1: (laughs) Yeah, if that is the new punk rock, then uh, sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) Because punk rock sounds great. (laughs) Sounds like a uh, Hoyt's Hoyt's membership. That's what it sounds
0: like. yeah, and and I was I was really thinking about it uh, in the build up to us doing this episode because, like you said, Andrew, the the funnest part about it was was watching <laughs> to see if they could actually cross the line of seventy people coming to a movie. Um, and then once it got funded, it just sort of stopped being interesting. And the prospect of the film itself is also very uninteresting. And even Daisy herself and the things she says are very uninteresting. <laughs>
1: If you, if, if you want to, like, see, like I did, in your local city, what happens at one of these screenings, I would strongly advise you to uh, just see a movie you actually want to see and imagine <laughs> that that was the Red Pill, because that's exactly what it's like.
0: Except you might enjoy the movie. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Um, you can even, like, you can download that little clip of audio of Daisy giving her speech.
1: Exactly. Um, yeah, you could you could remake this screening for yourself at home uh, for free if you have a copy of the Red Pill, because uh, I'm sure that's not easily available online. Um, so oh, yes. if you if you get the audio and the film, you can just have the whole experience for free. Um, the Daisy Cousins experience for free. You Could, could just do it at home. You don't yeah. need to leave the house.
0: Uh, Side note,
3: Um, that's my favourite psych rock band, the Daisy Cousins Experience.
0: (laughs) 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 So, yeah, I I, I guess I I was just thinking about it and thought, you know, she's someone who is desperately trying to make a career for herself as being controversial by saying things that they think will be incendiary or deliberately upsetting to people, and then when people say, hey, you've deliberately tried to upset a bunch of people, she goes... Yes, I'm winning. Triggered much? I'm winning. Yes, I've, I've triggered everybody because apparently, uh, triggered now means responding to anything in absolutely anything. any fashion. Mm. Yep, it just means any kind of response. Um, so, so yeah, I, I kind of think that even by doing what we're doing now, we're just giving oxygen to Daisy and her her attempted celebrity
2: which we'll never do again after this
0: episode, right? Yep. Yeah, that's that's
3: what I reckon. I don't want to say a blanket bad because there is a chance she will say something that she'll do something so hilarious. stupid that it's funny.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Or or write another searingly bad take. Mm. But um but you know, I'm more inclined to say um in solidarity with uh poor Caleb Bond. Happy birthday, Caleb Bond. You're a man now, happy, happy birthday Caleb. Caleb Bond. Welcome friend, to the world. Friend of the show. Happy um, birthday. Many happy returns. That's right. And while, while there was a happy birthday, there was probably also the gut-wrenching realisation that Daisy has a boyfriend.
4: Mm.
2: Friend-zoned again.
0: Yep. Caleb condemned to the friend-zone. So in solidarity with Caleb Bond, I want to say that um, excluding anything incredibly remarkable happening, that this is the last discussion we'll be having about Daisy on this show.
3: Can we go out with a brief discussion of her new boyfriend. This might seem like a weird... It might seem weird of us to pry into her personal life in this way, but I think it's worth noting that her new boyfriend is a public figure already.
4: Yes. Uh Uh,
3: He is a member of uh, what the Sky News group of people were attempting to have named the QUT3. Uh, who Never really took, did it? Didn't really stick uh, So these are three young gentlemen Who uh, I would have called them the Cuties <laughs> I would not have anyway. um, So these, these three gentlemen Were at uh, QT Which is Queensland University of Technology In Brisbane uh, And they went to use a computer lab That was reserved as a resource For indigenous students uh, oh. and it was empty, and so they went in there. And then when people said, hey, this is a resource for Indigenous students, uh, well, they didn't take kindly to it. And I believe they launched an 18C
1: complaint.
3: What did I they have launched so. against
1: them? Let's uh... I, um...
2: I think they complained, didn't they? Think... Didn't they say something?
1: Like... They said something online, I'm pretty sure. Well, first, yeah, well. they complained about the librarian.
0: Um, yes but yes I'm sure I'm sure there was many a shout of reverse racism <clears throat> mm.
2: Mm. which is a thing which is a real thing
0: <laughs> it's a real it's a very real <laughs> thing it's not it's not just racism it has to be mirror racism uh, so oh. the
3: um the person in question Callum who's Daisy's boyfriend Callum Thwaites uh, was particularly noteworthy
1: he's the hottie of the group
3: he's also grown, <laughs> grown a beard That's since a... which looks quite good on him uh, yeah. oh, blah. He did some Facebook status about the fact that it happened, and then in that Facebook status, one of his friends referred to him, referring to those the well the indigenous people that use that room as ITT, which I assume is some information technology thing. N words, uh, on stalker space, which was like one of the you know big Facebook groups oh. for all the students or whatever, uh. So it seemed relatively incriminating, and then after that happened, uh, when Mark D'Stefano, uh, dear friend of the show, dear friend of the uh, show, tried to contact Hello, him about it, he Callum Thwaites changed his Facebook profile photo to, to Mark. Mark's to Mark. <laughs> Mark's face for some reason. Uh,
0: he changed, the, he the, changed the name as well, didn't yeah, he? he like changed his whole page. Oh
3: yeah, he changed. Yeah, he changed the URL of his Facebook. Uh, to facebook.com slash I am Mark DiStefano. Uh,
1: the ultimate troll, some would say.
3: Yeah, it's just mm. all very weird. But, yeah, just odd. It's just odd that that's who Daisy ended up with. It's hard to tell the order of events. Uh, Callum Thwaites is a bit of a, a darling of the Andrew Bolt, Mark Lathamy, Rita Panahi group of people. Uh-huh.
0: Uh, well, I'm sure. I'm sure you know Bill Leak deeply respected him. And... Oh,
3: I, oh, he absolutely did. Actually, there's a photo of them together that I've seen before of mm. Bill Leak and Callum, So that, uh, which I'm sure, must have been one of Daisy's favourite things in the world. Um, <laughs> her <laughs> ideal threesome, is. possibly. But yeah, it's just very weird. Just an odd little Australian media landscape. Uh, very small, apparently.
0: Very small. Very small, and. uh... Yes no it 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 certainly doesn't do anything to dispel my impression of Daisy as someone who is infinitely more concerned in courting controversy uh than you know having anything interesting to say for herself. Mm. Mm. So uh so we might leave it there. We might leave it there and say
2: let's leave uh, men's rights
1: there.
0: Yeah, let's leave men's rights in the toilet where they belong. <laughs> and um
1: if you haven't picked your identity yet um your right which rights you believe should have rights. Yep. Mm. Uh, quickly mm. choose. You'll have about a minute after the, the episode ends. Yep. Um, yeah. Um pick a gender. I would, yeah, I would suggest women. Right. Uh, oh you
0: would. You would. <laughs> would.
3: Tweet at the uh, the Bundavista uh Twitter account with your uh, with your selection. You know, whether it's
2: Which is binding by the way, permanently Spanish,
3: Spanish gender queer, Mongolian women, whichever it is you've chosen. As the rights yep. you choose to champion, let us yeah, know. Yeah, whoever gets the rights. Don't say anything racist mm. at us, though, because we will not be happy.
2: Please do not do that. No. Because I'll no. have to pity-favor and that will look really bad. But we have mm. to,
3: because we're polite. And we'll do it, yeah. but we won't be happy
0: about it. No. Mm. I'll be
2: shaking my head. Mm.
0: We'll leave it there. We've all been thoroughly, thoroughly brown-pilled. Mm. and um, I'm going to take it, it every that... day. <laughs> <laughs> my, mo- my mother forces me to take it every day. Uh yes, so so there you go, folks. Check out the red pill if you want. Uh, if you've got two hours, oh, no. uh, if you've got two hours that you're really having trouble sleeping through, if you, you hate if yourself, need to take you yep, hate if fun. You need to take a nap, and it's not happening. Uh, you know, you can you can seek it out through uh entirely non legal means online. Oh,
3: please pirate it, <laughs> absolutely
0: pirate it. Yeah. Do not give any money to anyone involved in this process. Um, that's. That's this week's Bunta Vista Crime Pass. Oh, you're you absolutely are, right. <laughs> this is yeah, your crime this, pass. This week, this week you are legally permitted to buy um, a copy pill. of the red pill. You know, don't give me your money. Mm. Don't give me your money if you can avoid it. Give it to the YWCA instead. Absolutely. Or a med mm. shed. Or Beyond Blue. You know, mm. someone who might do something good with it.
4: Mm. All
0: right, folks. Well, we all will right. um, We will catch you all on a bonus episode if you're a subscriber. And if not, we'll What's see you something? next week. You should be. She's right. You should be.
2: If not, you can you can get fucked.
0: Mm. No,
3: don't say that. We still sorry. do
0: regular listeners. I'm as sorry.
2: Well. We, please still listen. We're
0: <laughs> we're trying to tempt him in, Lucy. Come on. Oh,
2: all right.
0: All right. Thanks, everybody. Fine. See you later.
2: Bye.